Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts, the only other one here. Mm-hmm. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Hey, nice shades, James. Thanks. Uh, the timeline's so bright, I gotta wear shades. It's <laughs> actually not. It's pretty. It's actually pretty dark from going forward for a little bit here, but... That's true. It's going to get a little sad. Previously on Timeline Scavengers, four gentlemen were given an offer that they can't refuse, except one guy who did and immediately died. The rest of them learned their lesson and they got to live, although they got to live as a part of Leviathan. I think that there's no need to get into any kind of bits. I think it's just time to immediately jump into what if season one, episode one, starting at 18 minutes and seven seconds and ending at 20 minutes on the dot. And here is what happens. Deep in the snowy mountains, we see the captain and her team gathered on a cliffside. If our intel is correct in the Red Skull, the very head of Hydra is on that train. Bucky interrupts, we can end the war? Yeah, I've heard that one before. Something about that smells about as fresh as three-day-old fish. She smiles back and says, or maybe you're just afraid of trains. Okay, incredible reference already. He nods and smiles, and then the Hydra Stopper flies into action from behind the mountains. He flies down and begins pushing on the front of the train, as if to stop it, but it doesn't really do much. Uh, He then tells him that he's in position. Peggy copies and says, commencing operation where eagles dare. And then the team zip lines down. No one makes a single comment, by the way, about the name of this mission. They just listen to that and then go, okay, and they get on a zip line. Boom. Everybody lands firmly, except for Bucky, who slips and begins to fall off. Carter grabs him and yanks him back up. Thanks. You almost ripped my arm off. Which, I mean, again, like, I get it. It's what if everything is different. But, like, twice within less than 30 seconds, we had to be like, it's different this time. Wink. Anyway, uh, back on track. Ha, ha, ha. Where was I? Uh... She just moves on, doesn't even acknowledge it. I guess she wouldn't need uh, know to, but still she says, Rogers, what's your status? Do you see the red skull? He says, I think I have a visual, but I'm going to take a closer look. Bucky says not to forget to knock. Rogers flies over and rips a hole open in the train. Apparently we've learned nothing, it seems. (laughs) Again, I understand that how would they know, but still. He steps in and sees a bunch of explosives. He says, oh no, Peggy, go get out of. And then there's an explosion. The entire train goes up car by car. The Howling Commandos run to the back of the train and jump off. Carter puts her shield up in case of debris, but there is nothing left. The mountainside, where the train just was, crumbles. They all rush to the edge, and she calls out to Steve. Nothing. She calls out more, but Bucky pulls her back as an avalanche falls. Steve Rogers is gone. We see the big cloud of fallen snow, and one final call from Steve from Carter echoes through the valley. It's a sad one. It's a sad one. James, thoughts? Besides, it's a sad one? Um, well, uh, my notes are pretty nice when you have an Iron Man, I'm sorry, a Hydra Stomper to slow the train down. Um, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a little privilege there. And then, you know, almost ripped my arm, um, almost ripped my arm off. You'll, you'll love when your alternate universe refers to the actual universe so that only the, wa- that's a joke just for the watcher. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, then I did 
Did you happen to look up where he goes there? Oh, actually, you know what? I meant to, and I literally never did. Was that something? So I just, I just did. If, if you don't mind, I can. Sure, go for it. So, um, she would be referring to the line in Act One, Scene Three of Richard the Third: "The world has grown so bad that wrens make prey where eagles dare not perch." Um, but probably what the writers of the episode are maybe wanting us to remember is the 1968 British-American war film. Where Eagles Dare, which had Richard Burton, Clint, and Clint Eastwood in it, um, and weird it was, reference for the '40s, though. Right, but uh, and and that's no, why no, I wanted to dig a little bit more because I was like, they ca- she can't have been. And see, for me, right. there's a Misfit song called "Where Eagles Dare." Oh, really? Yeah, and there's also a, a, a an Iron Maiden song called "Where Eagles Dare." So I thought it was a music <laughs> like a again. music thing, but like a like Kraftwerk, right? And I, yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, keeping up the trends, it's it's so it's a British American war film, so it makes sense that it's you know right a British right. person leading a bunch of of Americans, um, and a French guy, and a and a French guy, and uh, he, he, oh right, he's from Fresno. Um, so yeah, I I had never known that before, um, and so I wanted to wanted to check that out because, um, yeah, so that's that's where he goes there. So what I did look up for this episode, though, James, this is yeah. a fascinating one to me, is that to me, the expression that smells as fresh as three day old fish. Right. Felt so weirdly specific. Right. That I was like, that's got to be something. The weird mm-hmm. thing about it, James, is that it is kind of something, but it's not this expression. Nope. Like, I don't know how else to word that. I feel like that's a really weird way to say that. But what I mean is that like, Okay, so let me tell you what the actual quote is. It's a yep. Benjamin Franklin quote. I'm gonna say yep. that without messing up his name. It's a Benjamin Franklin quote, uh, of course, because like you know the guy had a bunch of them. Um, right. Not just quotes. I meant like you know quippy one-liner kind of thing. Right. Uh, his little wise sayings. You know. What's that? Yeah, that too. <laughs> I like I said, and his wise sayings. You know what's that? Uh, <laughs> no. So he said guests like fish begin to smell after three days. Right. Um, so it's very odd to me though, that like they chose that expression to sort of like play off of, I, I don't know. It, to me, it's like, it's weird to say something smells like three day old fish as opposed to, why would you not just say someone smells a little fishy? Don't you think that he's trying to impress her? He's like, I, I know quotes. I really think so. It's a, that, that, that's the interesting thing is that in this one, I don't feel like he is hitting on. Her. I don't think he's. Oh, now, hold on. Let's just take okay. a second. Oh, okay. I didn't say hit on her. I said impress uh, that's her. That's fair. Well, okay. In my, in, my, in my defense, Bucky's thing in previous versions and even in this version to impress someone is usually his flirtation thing. For sure. For sure. You know? But I think in, in, this, in this instance, it's almost like this, oh, this stinks. Or this this feels a little fishy, is sort of like I don't want to come off as that as the you know dumb crass American. Mm. So I'll, I'll mention three day old say fish three, because I'll a say, British person loves that. It sounds sort of poetic to say this is you know I use a simile instead of just saying the stinks. It's this stinks. smells a lot like three day old fish and chips, eh, governor? <laughs> she's like and she's like you're, you're off the mission. She thro- heaves him she, off the yeah. cliff. <laughs> she, but like holds on to just one arm yeah oh. oops oh, no. I was, it was supposed to be a prank 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Anyway, uh, yeah. Mm. No, it's just an odd little expression. But it, you and I both... Sorry, no, go ahead. Sorry. I just... it it. I think that this line sort of stinks of three-day-old fish in the way that it's... It sort of feels like the, the you know, Lindsay Allen was sort of like, I got this. Here we go. Bucky's going to mm-hmm. say this, and it's going to be like, nice. Kind of kind of a noiry sort of, you know, have that sort of old war movie sort of, this stinks like three-day-old fish, said, you know, John Wayne to Jimmy Stewart and some sort of... You know, of- that's fair, because, again, I really love White Christmas, and, like, a line that my family quotes all the time is, <laughs> they go... <laughs> Yeah, freckle face Haynes, the dog face boy, which is like such a like nothing screams the time more than like people talking about having fought in the war with a guy, and like they're talking about like you know like I think I forget the guy's first name all of a sudden. I want to say it's like Edward Haynes or something like that. It's like ah eh, you know Edward Haynes, like freckle face Haynes, the dog face boy, like and like you- that is so yeah. Do you know what's That's funny is if um, a, a listener had never seen White Christmas, mm-hmm. but had listened to all of our episodes of the podcast, mm-hmm. Freckle Faced Haynes, the Dog Faced Boy, would be the old like the only touchstone they had for this movie. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I mean, that's we pro- we referenced it fair. with uh, with Bing Crosby and his son. You we we like we had an extended joke about. That's very true. Yeah, that's a good point. So when you're like uh, uh, with this thing, my family and I always quote, "Oh, hold on," and I was like, "Is this going to be the dog face boy thing?" It is excellent. Excellent. Of course it is. I mean, there's <laughs> listen. There's a lot of stuff that is like very like, oh, this is of the time. You know what I mean? But like, I mm-hmm. feel like no line in that movie quite hits it like that does, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's a few really really good like clips or whatever you could use um uh from that but still i mean it's like that and like also just like the way they i I don't have any specific examples because again i can't quite remember the quotes but the way they go back and forth Mm -hmm. in some of the scenes where the miscommunication is happening right so like one person is saying this having conversation a while person over here is saying that, right. which is conversation B, but they both think they're in the same conversation. Yeah. And like just like the way the wording hits mm-hmm. so that I can have a double meaning it's feels the- very like, ah, yes, I am exactly going downtown to do that thing. Yeah. It's like, well, when you get there, you I hope you go see your friend Fred. And he's like, oh, that's great. I'll tell Fred you say hello. Right. And she's like, ah, oh, you know, like just yeah. like that sort of thing. It's the it's the link between vaudeville and Three's Company that a little bit yeah yeah it's yeah. like you know the back and forth back and forth back and forth but also hilarious misunderstanding right because then in the end when when she stomps off he's like what the hell is her deal you know yeah I I mean it's it sucks but that, there is a little bit of that where they're like women you yeah. know and they're just like I'll never understand them you know uh, yeah. like that kind of thing yeah uh, yeah yeah anyway. yeah I think I think it's like. It's one of those things that perpetuates, which is also sort of a war movie thing, where it's like, um, oh, people back in the day, you know, we were fighting a war, but we were still poets or whatever, when in fact, you know, Bucky in reality would have said like, eh, this this stinks. This is, this smells like horse shit to me, you know, because you, you also had to beat the Hayes Code and stuff, so... Um, 
Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's if you take it as a thing that's actually being said, it feels like what three? Why three? Why three days? Right. And exactly. Then, it's like obviously, if you leave fish out for more than a couple of hours, it's gonna stink. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> she's why, like why three day old fish hours? is what we put in our in in one of the most delicious pies that we make in England. I'm not sure. Call it three day like, old fish pie. Oh. <laughs> He's like, yeah, a real de- delicacy. You know, like you can see him, like like his stomach turns a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. but see, the thing that I will say, the thing is that like Bucky is the kind of guy who then will go, and like would then like wait to go back home when she's like, here it is, and then someone's like, you know, Peggy, no, no one ever makes this dish, and she's like, hush, you know, Charles yeah. or whatever, like, and like he's gonna <laughs> eat it, you know, like so, like she's like. If we tell him that we eat it, he'll eat it, right? And then he's like, oh, mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, real good, like chugging as he's going. And they're like, uh-huh. And he's like, oh, this is so Peggy Carter, assassin. She kills by people committing to the bit. Yeah. <laughs> Commit to the... Kill mint to the bit? A bit Commit man. to the hit man. Oh, there it is. There it yeah, is. Yeah, see, we got the... Yep, we're going yeah. there. Commit to Bit the hitman is, is the one. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you like how we yeah. like? We both like the other yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think about Steve? <laughs> blow, just getting blown up, just like the a room full of explosives. I, I, I think that part of what happens is, is that you know, in in some of these what if series, right? right. Obviously, you go off of a huge trajectory, and so everything changes. But I think in a lot of stories, some things, oh, it's cute. Some things on, only change a little bit. Where yeah. I kind of like take for example this whole story, right? Right. They are moving through the literal beats of Captain America, but faster. Right. right. So and in the heels. only thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but the thing though is that like it's only changing so much. Mm-hmm. So to me, what happens here is he's he's in a highly condensed metal suit right that's supposed to be unbelievable like i mean he can take like a tank shot you know what i mean right so like surely um some explosives um granted there is a lot of explosives there right but also the power of the tesseract Mm -hmm. uh should hopefully protect him right uh and so to me like it's a lot like him going into the ice um in not captain sure america the about. movie yeah I'm not, i don't know what that is no, okay no. yeah uh but it's a lot like cap going into the ice at the end of the movie right i think that what happens is that he and the train fall down to the end of this pit and then they make a very clear choice to show the snow below and then more snow falling right do you th- um do you think so, the explosives were meant for for peggy I think they were meant for all of them. I don't think yeah. it was. I, I mean, I think that it was like a Peggy first, but the rest would be great. Right. Because um, like, in I don't want to jump to tomorrow's episode. It was hard, it was a tough choice between which of these scenes to show first. Probably mm-hmm. I should have shown, but I was on the um, Peggy's doing things faster, so she gets her train scene first, sort of sure. place. Um, Zola's not in the car in the in the front right. car, so they can blow this train to hell. And not lose and not care. vital, or, yeah. right? So. Um, and and that's the thing, right? Like I think that in this moment, there's, 
I think it's one of two things, rather. Um, not one of two things. Let me try this again. What I think is happening here is, again, I think if they get the entire team, they're like, that's incredible. Like, that, right. that's the best case scenario. Right. But I do believe that they know that there are only two people who could literally, like, probably rip open a hole in the side of a train. Right. And it's the super soldier and the person who literally has a um, suit called the Hydra Stomper. Right. Point, though, is that I think that they know that if anyone's going to cause the reaction to happen, mm. it's going to be one of the two of them. And if they take out both of them, awesome. If they sure. take out just one of them, their chances are incredibly increased for, like, for their success. Right. Um, right. That makes sense. Like, just Cap going after all of Hydra? Possible, but much more difficult than both of them, right? Right. Just Hydra Stomper? Okay. That sucks because, again, it has the Tesseract power, but it's also one individual unit. Right. It's not everyone using these Zolinators, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it's, you know, so it does become much more manageable. Right. Um, honestly, even taking out all the Howling Commandos and the two of the others escape, I feel like that still puts a pretty big dent into the plans of the allies, you know? So right. I think the idea is that, like, you know, it's not really going to break us if we destroy this train but there's a high possibility that we're going to get at least one of them on the way out. Right, right. Um, Playing the odds. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I I don't think it's meant specifically for either one so okay. much as it is just like a, it's a trap right. and it's sprung. Right. You know? That makes sense, yeah. Uh, and if it had gone in the way that the original scene happens, like in the movie, there would be people like literally on the train. Right. And they would not have been able to escape that. Right. Right, right. You know, so yeah, uh, this does kind of still go like obviously not the best it could have gone, which would be that he gets out and they also escape. But like, sure. you know, the idea, though, that um, only one person actually gets into the train and sees it in time is a is a huge change. Right. Oh, so. there's also like a, a jumping on the grenade aspect to it, which I had never thought of before. A little bit. I mean, like... Kind of. Room full of grenades. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, he could have he jumped out, probably. Yeah. But instead, he... I mean, I don't know. That, that This is a difficult back. thing. Because, like, he could have said all that stuff while running away, but he just stood still. Right. And started screaming, like, get out, you know, but... Because his reflexes aren't as fast. Oh, that's a good point, James. He's yeah. Like, Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> He's like, wow, this is a lot of, oh, shit. <laughs> hey, guys, so funny story. Boom. <laughs> you know. Hey, what does it mean when there's... <laughs> Beep. Hey, what is C4? <sighs> <laughs> I don't even know C1. What, what's, what? Four, hang on, what's four in German? Uh, fear. Fear? Fear. He's like... Hey, uh, what is C fear? And they go, C4? Oh, okay. Oh, they go, <laughs> boom. And it goes, oh no. And then boom. Yeah. Um Shiza. because that would definitely yeah. Shiza. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, okay, you know what though? They wouldn't do this because also Steve Rogers wouldn't do it. Right. But like, or at least back in the 40s, 
but like having the scene of Shaisa and like 10 minutes later in the show going shit, right? Yeah. And boom. Yeah. Would be such a good juxtaposition <laughs> of like these two scenes. Plus but good again, translation. Like it's uh, educational uh, too. Crap. <laughs> language. Did he just say yeah. language? Or he goes, shit, language, Steve. Boom. Oh no. <laughs> the last thing I ever said to him was language. I should have told him that I love him. My love I language the wrong is... L word. <laughs> Steve, I wanted to tell you about the magic of Duolingo. <laughs> we could have had a, you know, thing going. I don't know. We could the have real dynamic duo is the owl on your phone. And Duo Lipa. Uh, oh, I love that. Yeah. Duo, duo is actually in love with Duo Lipa. I think that's very funny. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, that's all that I have, though. Do you have cool. anything else? Well, no, I I have nothing else. Would, shall I explode the train and blast the kid into the river? <laughs> sure. Do you want to? Hey, do you want to throw the Steve Rogers into the river? Yeah. Below? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's gonna do it for this episode, everyone. I want before we go, I want to tell you about an event that we have coming up. It is the second occurrence of the uh, Scavengers Network Indie Podcast Showcase. Um, last time previously on snips uh Mm -hmm. we saw things uh like me breaking a sweat trying to talk about uh i think five bands in five minutes or something like that Mm -hmm. um we saw uh colin what game was it that you played with those with those um with i think it was uh daniel and allison and morgan oh um shiver right you played shiver um with the makers of shiver um Mm -hmm. uh we had finish it on. It was just a really mm-hmm. good, t- a really cool weekend in 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year it's happening. Um, I'm so sorry. I will get better at this. When is it happening? Uh, September 16th and 17th. Okay. So uh, it is going to be happening on September 16th and 17th. So if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, which is a Monday, it is going to be this Friday and this Saturday. Um, I know specifically, as we're recording this on August 14th, 2022, I know for sure what one of my shows is going to do. Um, maybe two, if we've talked about this and I'm forgetting something. We have. Uh, we don't have the exact, exact thing timed, okay. or not timed, figured, because um, there's actually going to be a little bit of, not exactly RNG, but there is a little bit of, of like, mm. you know what, because it's so soon, I'll tell you what it is. What we've talked about for live shows is is taking all of the extant non Marvel, sorry, not non MCU Marvel films. Okay. And doing basically exactly what we're doing, and just like going through the scenes and stuff like that, right? Okay. Uh, and building out. Uh, but what we would do is, is not necessarily. Ha- there's no need to necessarily do them in a specific order because they're not linked to each other. Right. I mean, obviously, we would do X Men before we would do X Two. You know what I mean? Like things like sure. that. Sure. Um, but like, for example, we could do Blade. We could do X Men. Uh, we could do Spider Man, the first uh, series, Tobey Maguire. Uh, things like that. And then what we'll do is, is we're going to have a wheel that will spin to right. decide which one we do live. And so we'll we'll make our notes for all of these scenes. And then live, we will decide which one we'll do and we'll jump right into it. I had um, forgotten that. And I'm suddenly very excited for our own show. So yeah. Oh, of course I am as well. And I think it's going to be great. Two out of f- three shows? Five shows? shows that I'm doing. Wow, you're doing five? Because this one... Uh, Frankenstein's Jukebox, Baby, right. TFTL, and James Nairn movies. Wow, cheesy. 
Well, anyway, come check out this weekend where James will be doing about one third of the entire weekend. Uh, it's going to be a grand old time. It, I'm going to come in with low energy. It's going to be great. Just like, the, uh, yeah, just yeah, like, you gotta love it. Hey, back again. Welcome to Snip Showcase. Um, we got 45 minutes to podcast. I just did five. Here we are All again. Right. 40 minutes of me sitting here doing nothing. Anyway, snipshowcase.com. Uh, yes. Check that out for all the times. It's it's a lot of fun, and I definitely recommend you uh, come check us out. That is going to do it for today's episode. Uh, as always, I am James Anderson. And I am Colin Parker. Excellent. <laughs> Just a little different. I got yeah, it. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven, community-focused, treasured content.